All right, so picture this. It's your day off, so you take a morning walk through the neighborhood, nice stroll, and in the distance, you see across the street, there's this shirtless guy wearing an oversized floppy hat, no shoes, short shorts, and he's lifting a barbell? He's Alpha Dad, a real dude, and he joins us now on the next Simple Step podcast. Ben Barker is his real name. Ben, okay, first question I've been dying to ask. What does your HOA have to say about this Alpha Dad persona? Surprisingly, I haven't caught a lot of flack yet. It's more like older people on my street, so they don't really give me a hard time about it. That's amazing. Well, tell me about this, the origin story of Alpha Dad. That's how I found you, obviously. You are one of a plethora of fitness influencers, but your videos are actually hilarious and they're all tongue in cheek. It doesn't seem like you take yourself too seriously. So where'd you come up with this idea? First, Paul, I need to say that that was the best introduction I've ever received on a podcast. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Second of all, I've been in the fitness game for a long time, Paul, and I kind of tried to go like the serious route, just like straight up educational videos. And a lot of people are great at those. I am not. It's not my shtick. I'm not good at it. I like making fitness fun and just kind of in my own fitness pursuits. You know, I started walking the neighborhood shirtless to get more sunlight, right? Vitamin D. I got into walking barefoot to strengthen my feet and short shorts to get more sunlight and then the hat so I don't get crow's feet on my face because, you know, I'm over 30 now. <laughs> and one day, just as a joke, I turned my camera on and I was like, if you really want to be the neighborhood alpha dad, you got to wear short shorts, a floppy hat and no shirt, dominate your neighborhood. And it just kind of took off from there. And you went viral. And <laughs> well, for better or worse, sometimes for the worse, but not always, we're in the attention economy. And what you pay attention to shapes you, it forms who you become. And so I want to become like the alpha dad. So that's why I started following you and the videos do crack me up. But in all seriousness, you're offering real life advice and you talk a lot about being an example to your kids. Tell me what your family thinks about all this and why that's important aspect of, because a lot of fitness, they don't talk about their kids or their family. It's all about just getting ripped or losing weight or some fitness aspect, but you talk a lot about your family. Yeah, man, it's just, you know, as a father, I think one of the best things we can give our kids is a healthy lifestyle. And I think a lot of dads, you know, for a long time, it was do as I say, not as I do. And I think you get a whole nother level of respect from your kids when they see you do it and they see you live out that lifestyle. And hopefully they see me having a good time doing it. Like I'm not hating it while I exercise and that they see that it's just like working out every day is like brushing your teeth. It's something that you do. It doesn't have to be miserable and you kind of find what works for you and make it fun. Yeah. And I love that. So my oldest is 14, about to turn 15. And so I've begun taking him to the gym with me. And I've noticed when I start slacking off or slowing down, he's right there behind me. So it's like I actually work out a little extra harder when I've got my boy with me, because I know that literally he catches what I do, not what I say. And so for sure, that is you're leading by example. Yeah. And I think an important thing to remember too, is like, everybody's a little bit different, right? So my blood brother, same parents is six foot four, about like 275 pounds. And I'm five foot nine, 180 pounds. So our bodies look completely different. And he's into Brazilian jujitsu. 
and I have a much lower body fat count, right? But his kids see him striving in what he's pursuing. My kids see me striving in what I'm pursuing. And so I think it's an important thing for dads to remember. It doesn't necessarily matter. You might have a completely different body type and that's not really what the ultimate goal is. It's like getting stronger, being capable and setting a good example for your kids. And that can be in any style of fitness with any body type. Totally. And I so appreciate you saying that as another guy that is relatively on the smaller end of the spectrum, I'm 5'10", have always been fairly skinny and never went near a gym outside of maybe running on a treadmill because that was the only thing I knew how to do. Totally intimidated by weights and all of the guys with the giant muscles. It was just super intimidating. And I didn't really start taking my fitness journey seriously until I was about to turn 40. And I said, well, you know, better late than never. And it was during COVID and I realized nobody's coming to save me. (laughs) I had better be proactive with my health because I'm the only one who will. And I do want to be there for my kids. And so I started doing CrossFit and it has been life changing, but even more than physically, mentally, the mental benefits, the clarity from that. Now, I know you're a little bit younger than me in your thirties, man, I wish I'd have started earlier. What do you say to someone that maybe feels like it's too late for them or they just are intimidated and don't know where to start? Man, first of all, kudos to you. That's a great, I love that. And it's very encouraging. I used to work with a guy named Russell at a golf course, right? He was 70 years old and he was running carts with us. He had plenty of money, but he was bored and just wanted something to do, right? And he was shredded. One time I was driving the golf court and I took a hard turn and Russell fell off the cart at 70 years old on the concrete. Could have taken the guy out. I did. And he, the dude popped up and hopped back on the golf cart and he was like, I'll be driving now. (laughs) And all that to get to this dude, like huge biceps, super great shape. And so I wanted to know his story. I was like, Russell, have you been doing this forever? He was like, I started when I was like 55. Amazing. The doctor told me, like, if I wanted to see my grandkids grow up, it was time to make a change. And he had never touched a weight until he was 55 years old. And at 70, this dude looked incredible. And that's always been encouraging to me. You know, like for guys like us, man, we've got like a whole nother life to live. Right. I mean, there's no telling what you and I will look like when we're 70. And so it's like any guy out there, whether you're 40, 50 or 60, It's not too late. My dad lost 132 pounds and he was about 50 when he started and he's 65 now and in great shape. So like the best thing you can do is just like pick something and start. Yeah, man, that's great advice. And so you mentioned you've been doing this for a while. You were managing a fitness studio in Arkansas. And then one day you decided to up and quit your job and then become this fitness influencer, alpha dad. Tell me what was the inspiration there from managing a studio to trying to make your way in the world of TikTok and Instagram influencers? I'll say this first of all, to anybody else looking to make the jump, do a little more planning than I did. I could have (laughs) saved myself a lot of heartache, Paul, had I done the numbers, you know, jumped into an Excel spreadsheet, done my expenses, things like that. I'm very impulsive, so I just went for it. It's gone relatively well for how little planning I did, but I'd always been in just kind of like the normal fitness field. And I just always had like this burning desire to do something of my own. And I'd always kind of used the excuse, you know, I've got a family to provide for, I've got a family to provide for. And we've always kept our expenses low and talking to my wife, it was kind of like, if not now, then when? 
And so I got the green light from my wife. And, you know, a big goal for us is I know it's important to work hard and I do. I work very hard, but I also realized I only get one chance to be with my kids. And that job, I was working evenings and mornings. And so I was gone while my kids were home. And so I just realized that wasn't going to work. So now my goal is just to grind all day while my kids are in school. And then on the weekends and evenings, have as much time as possible to spend with them. Back to the family. That's incredible. And you mentioned if you had to do it all over again, you might have had a little pre-planning. So with this newfound internet fame, you mean you're not just kind of rolling in the dough there, calling in from the beach somewhere in some exotic location. You're figuring this out, you know, as they say, building the plane while you're flying it. Like <laughs> you're still figuring this out. So you've been doing this how long? About a year, year and a half? Yep. I've been doing this for about like 14 months. And so I think I was naive, Paul, because I'd already kind of started building a little bit of a following like on Instagram and TikTok. And I was like, I can float it with this. You know, I already gotten like a few like brand endorsements and stuff. Yeah. But boy, I've always heard followers doesn't equal dollars. And it's important to remember that there's guys with much smaller followings than me that are doing much better than me financially. And so I think it's important to remember like who you align yourself with. And then probably one of the reasons, Paul, I'm not doing as well as I potentially could be is I've tried to be selective about who I work with as far as like, I get emails from people wanting me to do like energy drinks and all this stuff all the time. And I try to do a good job. I have one supplement sponsor and I was using them before I started working with them. And that's important to me that it's actually something that I would use that I'm going to endorse. Yeah. Okay. Well, feel free. Give them a plug. <laughs> so stronger, faster, healthier. It's a supplement company out of Maine. And it's just real simple, man. They don't do like fat burners and all that stuff. They do classic protein, creatine, fish oil, and like a simple pre-workout. Okay. And those things all sound legit. There's some other fitness influencers, if you will, if you can put them in that category that have a whole range of things that they sell. And you're right, like your brand and your words, all you got at the end of the day. And there's another famous influencer that I believe you're familiar with as well. The liver King who walks around without <laughs> his shirt on. And oh, yeah. for years, part of his shtick was like, he was all natural and he went out of his way to say that. And then of course he got busted for taking quite a substantial amount of steroids and so I presume you are natural. You're working with the natural supplements company. Talk to me about navigating that world a little bit. Boy, that was, I think most of us that looked at him deep down, we knew. Yeah. Especially if you work really hard, our bodies look nothing like his. Right. I was always skeptical. That he was like out of an Avengers movie. Exactly. Right? If you see him, it's like you're fit, you're muscular, but he was definitely a character. Yeah. And that's something that's frustrating to me. I mean, because I'm just a little bit fit and I still get like the comments where people are like TRT, you know, which is testosterone replacement therapy. And I'm not doing that. And for the record, one day, if my health requires it, I'll totally do it. Like when I'm 60, if my doctor says that I need to supplement a little testosterone, I feel like I only live once. So... Well, the thing there is just be honest about it. Yes. That's at the end of the day, yes. right? <laughs> do what you want to do, but don't say you're not doing it. Exactly. And that's something like, I don't know if you're familiar, like Chris Bumstead is basically the current like Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's in bodybuilding. So he's openly on steroids. I don't hold that against him, man. It's just part of the sport. But to say that you don't and then you did, that's wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's back to your integrity. It's hard to get back once you lose it. I 
feel for Lance Armstrong, right? Everybody's doping in the bike community. And, but still when you're the top guy and you go around saying you're not doing something and later found out you are, you kind of lose all, all credibility, all that goodwill you've built. Yep. And I will say this too, just for like the average dad, like I think a problem that we're having a little bit like societally is that you can go to the low T centers and you can be like, Hey, I'm low on energy and I feel tired. And they'll give you a testosterone prescription at 30 years old. Always attempt to do it holistically first. Cause like if you're in your thirties and you start taking testosterone, it's kind of like a downward spiral and you're going to be dependent until you die. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. This is a big business right now. I've realized, and it's growing. And I went to a place where they did compression. They had a cryotherapy, that sort of thing. I was just trying it out, but their big selling point was this testosterone therapy. And, and I'm like, I actually get my blood taken every year and look at it and my numbers are great. And so I'm like, I'm not touching that. I don't want to tinker with my chemistry when I don't need to. Right. (laughs) And I get it for some people that testosterone, you need it for all kinds of reasons. And, and so if it's low, I'm grateful that it's there, but if you don't necessarily need it, you're definitely tinkering in an area you can't go back on. 100%. And like, I'm not a doctor, but like if your testosterone is low, I think there's a couple things. Like if you're not sleeping seven or eight hours a night, start there. If you're not getting daily sunlight, work on getting some sunlight because vitamin D helps with testosterone for men and start lifting some heavy weights. Do that for a few months. I almost guarantee, and if you're eating like McDonald's every day, start eating a lean, high protein diet with like vegetables and healthy fats. And I would almost presume to guess that's going to work. And then if it doesn't, then you talk to your doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not a one size fits all, but certainly try the things that have worked for centuries, (laughs) have worked for all of humankind, uh, (laughs) eating whole foods and getting sunlight, right? These aren't new ideas. So crazy. (laughs) It just might work, Paul. (laughs) Well, talk to me about nutrition for a second, because I think there's a lot of confusing information out there. Billions and billions of dollars are spent on diets and everybody wants the magic pill And I know from firsthand experience, you cannot work a bad diet. And so even though I really didn't struggle with putting on weight, I definitely have to work to maintain muscle. And also just from an energy standpoint, I now know the difference when I eat fast food or something super processed, it just sucks me of energy. But that wasn't always the case. I definitely was a regular at Wendy's or Chick-fil-A or, you know, love me a chicken sandwich and fries. But now if I have one of those things, I notice the difference for sure right away. So tell me how you approach nutrition with your clients. One thing I've noticed recently is like on Twitter, for instance, I follow a guy who's hardcore about keto. There's guys who are hardcore about if it fits your macros, intermittent fasting. There's nobody like on the fence about keto. It's very polarizing. But all of those guys are doing completely different things and they're all shredded. Yeah. So let that be a lesson that it's got to be one of those things like find what works for you and do it consistently. I like carbs personally, Paul. So I'm not doing keto. I think there's a couple of things like calories are how you control your weight. I think quality is how you control how you feel. We all know the guy who did the Twinkie diet right? All he ate was Twinkies, but he was in a caloric deficit. So he lost weight. It's math. Correct. It's math. (laughs) Exactly. But I almost guarantee he did not feel good. No. 
correct? And yeah. so he's eating trans fat and sugar. There's no way he felt good. So with that being said, like what I do with people, like I'm not a registered dietitian. I tell people track your protein, right? I do a gram of protein per pound of body weight every single day and aim for a minimum of two to three servings of vegetables and drink three to four liters of water a day. And a few reasons like protein is like the building block of muscle, right? It's satiating. So it keeps you full. And if you're drinking that much water, eating that much protein and getting that much vegetables, it's going to be hard to eat bad things. And I do appreciate that because I didn't know until very recently the importance of the right amount of protein. I knew that protein was good and a part of your macros as they talk about macronutrients, but realizing that if I want to put on muscle, I have to consume enough protein, as you said, an ounce per pound. And that wasn't told to me in school or you know, <laughs> yeah. up until I started going to the gym and started asking questions and figured that out. So I don't take any of those things for granted. And I realized, you know, it's really hard to binge and overdo it on chicken. No, grilled chicken, like a chicken breast. And whereas obviously those other foods that are processed, you know, a bag of chips, I have no problem plowing through a bag of chips without stopping because they're designed to not satiate you, but to crave. And you can't just stop at one. They advertise that, right? 100%. And that's kind of the point. And so they like what they like. And it just seems like, how can I ever change my diet? I mean, sugar is in everything. How do you flip that switch with folks? Well, I think the key is one, like making small changes. I think a lot of people fail when like they start January, right? And we're, we're yeah. eat healthy. We're going to go to bed on time. We're going to work out six times a week. And then the wheels fall off after a few weeks. Whereas if you're just like, I'm going to stop eating fast food for like a month, or I'm going to stop eating fried food, right? So say you're getting like the breaded chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A right. and you switch to the grilled one. I think it's making small changes and getting in the habit of doing it. It's a long game, right? For such a long time, we were in like the 30 day challenge mindset where it's like, oh, I'm going to hammer it or like the 75 hard's great, <laughs> but what yeah. are you going to do after the 75 days? And so I think when we look at it in the macro versus the micro, I make these small changes, but I sustain them for 10 years. That's where the magic happens. It's not in those 75 days. Right. You know, I've mentioned that on the pod before, the 75 hard challenge. I'm intrigued by it. I think I might try it at some point, but it just seems like a fun challenge. 100%. But, but I've already made the other changes. I'm already working out on a regular basis and trying to eat healthy. It just... I see what you're saying as far as a flash in the pan. Well, my previous example is I had never run a race at all. And my wife signed up for this app called Couch to 5K. And she started doing like 5Ks. And I just said, really wasn't for me. And then one day inspiration struck. Uh, it was actually moving home to Chicago. We were in California. And I saw their advertising Chicago Marathon. I'm like, well, Marianne likes to run. Why don't I sign us up for a marathon? That'd be a fun thing to do. And it's selective. You like actually have to qualify for it, but they have a lottery and we got selected. Wow. <laughs> and so she got an email. Hey, congratulations. You're in the Chicago Marathon. She's like, what's this? I didn't sign up to run any marathon, but to her credit, she did. Whoa. And that was the best thing ever. We trained for it and we ran it together and it was quite a bonding experience. And she said, never again. But what I realized is how quickly after running a marathon, and then I didn't keep up my training, I lost it. Like 
okay, there it goes. I had to start over at square one. And so I get your point about it's one thing to run a marathon, do a 75 hard challenge, a 30 day challenge, but it's a whole nother thing to make a lifestyle change incrementally one thing at a time that goes on forever rather than just a flash in the pan, right? It's the long haul. And my personality, I'm just drawn to those big challenges. And I really do struggle with, at times, keeping the motivation to run or whatever it is if I don't have the big marathon race in front of me. And that's what I learned through going to the gym is having that accountability. So I look forward to the friends that I have there and I don't have to think about it. You talked about creating better habits, get up every day and go to the gym at the same time. So there's no like talking myself out of it. I'm, I'm already scheduled to go go there and I just do it and I feel better after. So rinse, repeat every day, just trying to take the decision fatigue out of it. You got too many decisions to make every day. So to set yourself up for success, it's much better to just pre-decide what you're going to do and then pre-arrange that it happens and just take away anything that might get in the way of you crushing those goals. 100%. And it's about like for you, you know, say if it's racing or whatever that sport might be, I think I've talked about this with like on a few different podcasts recently. It's like, if you don't have something to strive for, you kind of like fall off. Like, well, I don't have anything to train for. One of the things I joke about, like with the whole neighborhood alpha dad thing is to stay ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so if you maintain that base level of fitness, I have not ran over a mile in a long time, but I know I could go out and run a half marathon tomorrow and put out like a recreational time that would be somewhat respectable. You know, I wouldn't be winning races, but there's something about just maintaining a certain level of fitness that I know tomorrow, if somebody asked me to do something random, I could do it. And I pride myself in that. And so if you can take hold of that, that's an easy way to kind of gain motivation and just to be self-motivated to know like, Hey, if I need to run a half marathon tomorrow, I can do that. Maybe not a full marathon, but a half (laughs) or just like any little fitness challenge. I could go out and do that. And I think that's just an important thing to just kind of hold on to. Well, I think that comes down to like even functional fitness. So I think you're listening, you're thinking, when am I ever going to have to run a half marathon? But you may have a close connection at the airport and need to sprint across LAX or a large airport from terminal to terminal. And if you're not fit, if you can't jog without losing your breath, you're going to miss your connection when, you know, and that might just be a small example, but I do think as we get older, our opportunities are going to be severely limited. As I look at older people that don't want to go outside or they're afraid they're going to slip and fall. Something you mentioned earlier about the walking around barefoot, That's something I have learned with anything is use it or lose it. And I've studied a bit about this with regards to the shoes that I wear. I have the zero drop shoes now. I like to run in those because it offers a little protection, but there's no padding and there's no elevation. It's more of my natural foot pattern. And a lot of the older folks that slip on gravel in a parking lot, it's because they have so much padding in their shoes. They've literally lost the sensation to adapt to the ground underneath them. And so it's really important that you take care of your body because buying expensive shoes and other things is not going to replace your natural abilities. I'm so glad you said that, Paul. And I love it on a podcast when it kind of goes a different direction than I was thinking. But yeah, like proprioception, y'all, like being aware of where you are in space. And that's huge. And nothing against Hoka, 
but I mean, you have no connection with the ground when you're wearing hokas. Dude, I am so judgmental about hoka and they're never going to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> but no, and I get it. And some people, you know, if you have a podiatrist that prescribes you a certain shoe to correct a medical issue, then go with that. But for a lot of people, I have noticed that they're so stinking thick. I'm like, you are having... I know what you're intending. You're trying to be more comfortable and have more balance in those things, but it's actually doing the opposite. And that's so frustrating. That's what I learned. It's like a lot of these big shoe companies, it's not just Hoka, Nike, everybody. It's marketing. It's all marketing. And the things they say they're helping you with are actually opposite effect. And that just drives me nuts because not that everybody needs to be a runner, but you want to keep as much of your natural abilities as you can and it really is use it or lose it. Paul, have you ever, your wife or you or your kids, have you ever had a cast? Yeah. Oh yeah. So like anybody who's broken their arm before, when you wear a cast for a month, your muscles atrophy. Yes. And hokas are essentially a cast for your feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, since you put it that way, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> what else do you advise people that are kind of looking at you crazy that like, okay, I could never do that. I don't even know where to start. What is a next simple step somebody can take to be more fit and really just not only feel healthier, but truly be healthier? What are some simple steps that you'd recommend a good place to start? You're doing literally nothing right now. I think the best place to start is with like a 15 minute daily walk. I know that's so simple. And you're like, Ben, that's not going to do anything. I think it's getting the wheels moving and just doing something. And anybody can do that no matter where you are. And that also accomplishes our goal of getting out in the sunlight every day. And you'll be amazed of what getting some vitamin D and a little bit of exercise will do for both like your physical and mental health. And then I don't know if you ever listened to Gary V, but Gary V is always joking when somebody has a simple question. He's like, there's this thing I like to call G-O-O-G-L-E, Google, and you can find anything on there. When I have somebody that wants to do like basic weightlifting, so like yeah. I, I feel like my strength program like that I have on my website is kind of like for people who know a little something and so have like a little bit of background, right? But not super advanced. But there's two weightlifting programs. There's the five by five strong lifts is one of the greatest strength programs ever written. It's incredibly simple. And like they're big on like, if you've never lifted before, you start with the empty bar and you do the first week with the empty bar. And then the next week you add 2.5s to the bar. And then the next week you add a five to the bar. And it's just about incremental gains. And they focus on like bench press, shoulder press, bent row, squats, and deadlifts. And it's like, get proficient at those. And then we can talk about getting out there. Like, don't go download like Arnold Schwarzenegger's workout program. <laughs> right. The five by five strong lifts is basic. And it's a great way to put on a little bit of muscle mass and just learn how to lift. I love it. Well, you've got all that information and more. I know you've got a, what, a seven day trial where people can check yeah. out your coaching on your website, benbarkerfitness.com. Correct. Check him out. He's the alpha dad on Instagram and TikTok. Ben, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and giving us some ideas about how we can be more fit, more fit dads or moms or wherever we are, just more fit human beings as we try to just be a good example for the, our friends and family. Thank you so much for being here on the Next Simple Step podcast. Paul, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you. 